Happy to have you guys here. Happy to have you join us, even though it's a snowy morning. And like Cameron said, you guys are brave. Brave because we don't know what we're going to get. But everyone's probably has the same plans I do. You're just going to go home and be housebound soon. So I'm going to first go to the grocery store. Because, you know, I don't know what it is. Even though I have a whole half gallon of milk, I feel like I should buy more. I mean, chances are slim we're going to be in there for any length of time. But, you know, for some reason, oh, there's that, that need. I'm more concerned about the fact I want to go buy bacon. I don't know what that is. I really want to go buy bacon, so if I can make bacon and have breakfast sometime, I don't know. For some reason, snow makes me want to cook food. It's kind of weird. So anyway, happy to have you guys join us. Remember um, last week when I talked to you, I told you the fact is that we need to remember to forget our past. And today what I'd like to speak to you about is the fact that we can't forget to remember some things also. There's some things that God really wants us to make clear that we need to keep going back to in our minds, that we need to remember, that we need to keep bringing up to our consciousness because a lot of times what happens is we can forget so easily the things that God's done for us, good things that's happened in our lives, we kind of let them get pushed out by bad memories, and God says, no, focus on what's important. Focus on remembering the good things. So, how many guys out there would admit that you do have a problem with being forgetful? Not necessarily spiritually, but just forgetful in general terms. You're a forgetful person. Okay, I'm not a forgetful person. I don't know, sometimes I really worry about that because I tend to really remember a lot of things. And I, I made a really big mistake years ago where I remember it was the very first time that I ever put my husband in this position and I learned to never, ever do it again. We run a business... And this guy come in, and of course he walked up, and my husband's like, hey, buddy, how you doing? Things great, things are great. Oh, yeah, yeah, they're talking about all these things in the past. So I walked up, and I said, oh, can you introduce me? And my husband gave me a blank look like, ah, he had no idea what the guy's name was. He could not recall it. So I learned never to put my husband in that position again. Now, I'm really good. For some reason, I seem to do these things where in my mind where I look at somebody, repeat their names, and try to make connections. My husband, when he goes to get bagels for me, I have a little thing for him to remember how I want it. And it's egos. Egos. First, I want an everything bagel. If they don't have an everything bagel, I want a garlic bagel. If they don't have the garlic bagel, I want an onion bagel. And if they don't have an onion bagel, then I want a Swiss. Simple. Now, I'm hoping that this is going to be something that helps him to remember. I play these games with him because my husband is notoriously not that great with memory. He tends to forget some things. I jokingly say the fact that he never remembers my birthday. And actually, it's proven that he doesn't because we actually are going to do a counseling um, system where it's called Simba saving your marriage before it starts. But because of the fact that I've been married for 32 years, we decided we were going to go and we'll take this, this course too and see how well we connect, you know. This way I can give good advice. Well, it didn't look good right off the start because I saw my husband put my birthday down as January 15th. It is not January 15th. My birthday is January 14th, and he can't seem to remember that thing. But I try to overlook these things, but sometimes it does make me a little crazy that he does forget some of these things. But I actually do kind of like tell myself, I have a pretty good memory, but every now and then something happens. There's a little hiccup in the brain that doesn't work. And this happened to me about a week ago. I was talking to my daughter, and she was saying, you know, she's in Austin, and she was saying that she, her daughter had been sick about a week before, and she said she was sick. 
And she says, both times, I don't know, it was weird. I went to Pinkberry, and I said, well, here I am texting her. I'm like, I wanted to say something to her, but I could not for the life of me remember a word. I could not for the life of me remember the word of the aisle where vegetables and fruit are. I couldn't remember. I'm like, well, maybe it's because they didn't wash their... And then I was thinking, what is that word? So I did what any 21st century person does. I Googled it. What is the aisle where they keep vegetables and fruit? Produce. The produce aisle. This is not hard. But I was like, oh my gosh, I totally forgot that word. So I must be getting old. I must be getting old. And nobody wants to get old because we're afraid that we're going to become the butt of everyone's jokes when we become old, right? So in honor of getting old, I'm going to tell you a joke about old people. So... There's this joke about this old man and this woman. They're walking their dog. They're walking down the road, and they come upon their neighbor. And the neighbor says, hey, what's your dog's name? And the old man says, well, what do you call that flower that's real long and has thorns on it? And he goes, a rose? He goes, yeah, rose. Hey, what's the dog's name? (laughs) Ba-dum-ba. Say, couldn't even remember his wife's name. But we all have moments like that where you really wonder, am I losing it? Am I just getting old? But all of us really, it doesn't matter if we're young or old, we do forget. Some of us just forget some things. And we need to be reminded. But there's actually scientific reasons why we forget things. And a lot of times we don't really know the scientific reasons, we just know that we forget. But I was going to go through them really quick with you. One that we have that can happen is we can have retrieval failure. And what that is, is your information is not actually retrieved and rehearsed. It will be lost over time. So when you don't, put, it isn't in your, your brain and you're not going over it and over again, a lot of times you'll just lose it. You know, there's that saying, if you don't use it, you lose it. So this is what happens to us in many ways. This is what happens with phone numbers. This is why now that we all got smartphones, we become dumb. Nobody knows how to call anybody anymore. God forbid the phone shuts off and we have to use someone else's phone because we're like, ah, I have no idea what this person's number is. The only reason why I know my husband's is because for some reason my car refuses to call my husband. I push that button, I say, call John Graper, it always says 52. I have no idea why it does that to me, but I got so tired of it, now I just learned to say his whole number and call him. But my daughter, who I talk to so often, I don't remember her number. I just know I look for Shelby. She's in my favorites. They make it so easy for me. I don't even have to go through the whole list. I just go to favorites, and there she is. No problem. Cameron's really easy to remember because Cameron made it easy for me because he actually has his birthday as his number. So our mom tends to remember those things. So that's not too hard for me to remember. My daughter had an amazing telephone number years ago. She bought it when she was like, got it when she was like 12, 13. And it was 303-0303. Didn't have any problem forgetting that number. What amazing thing was that she was actually contacted about seven years later by the 303 taxi company in Chicago, and they wanted to buy her number because they didn't have the area 815 code. So they told her, we'll buy it from you. And at first she's like, I don't want to sell my number. She literally put them off for years. No, nah, I don't care. That's my daughter if you get to know her. She, just, she doesn't care. I don't care. I'm not selling my number. I don't want to have to learn a new one. So finally, after a while, they said to her, we'll give you $7,000 for your phone number. She sold it. <laughs> so that was her price. And then later, she's like, I probably could have got more. And I said, you probably could have, but 
just be thankful you got seven grand. That was pretty good. So, but we do forget numbers. We forget birthdays and anniversaries. I give my husband a hard time, but you know, truthfully, I'm not a super romantic person. I'm kind of boring in that regard. I'm not a romantic person. I don't need to be wine and dined. It's just not me, so no big deal. But just in case any of you guys out there did forget, today is Valentine's Day. I don't know. If you're married, you may want to at least say, hey, honey, happy Valentine's Day, and at least pull that out. But, you know, like I said, what isn't in there? If you're not retrieving it over and over again, you won't remember. Now, there's some things that were really important when you were in school that you had to remember. I had this really interesting habit when I was going through keyboarding where I learned constantly to go through and do my alphabets with my fingers all the time. I even find myself still today doing it. But it was really, really smart, and I think it was God's plan because obviously God knew I was going to have to use a computer for years, and I was going to have to type. I have to do a, a, a bookkeeping, and I have to use a computer. So it was really great. God was preparing me for that. It was very necessary. The one thing that I do remember constantly over and over again is the prepositional phrase song. Now, there's no need for that no more. There's no need whatsoever for that, but I still know it. Do you want to hear it? With on, for, after, at, by, in, against, instead of, near, between, through, over, up, according to, around, among, beyond, and to, still, within, without, upon, from, above, across, along, concerning, down, abroad, about, beneath, beside, during, under, done. See? You can still recall that. Not necessary at all. No one's going to come up and say, hey, Deb, I'll give you a million dollars if you can tell me what the prepositional phrase the song is. And I'd be like, I know that. I know that. But if we don't retrieve memories and we don't rehearse them over time, they will eventually be lost. This is really important for us to remember. There's things that you really should remember and you should be retrieving over and over in your mind so that you don't forget. But a lot of times we don't do that. Then there's also interference. We have proactive interference. It's when an old memory makes it impossible to remember a new memory. This is where they get that saying, an old dog can't be taught new tricks. Because there's all old habits die hard. Those are those things that take place. And then there's retroactive interference, is when a new memory interferes with your ability to remember previously learned information. Now this is where a lot of divorces happen. Because it's when an old dog forgets the old things that he knew because of the new tricks. See? Did you get that? Okay. Didn't know. That kind of fell, fell flat on that one. So anyway, failure to store is also another reason. It's when something was never entered into our long-term memory in the very beginning. And I think that's kind of sad because there's great, important things that happen to our life. Unless we're really putting it down deep into our consciousness, we're never going to remember it again. It's something that, if something grand happened to you, if there's the proposals, most women can remember when their husband proposed to them. Most men remember their first car. That's what they do. The things that are really important, we can tend to remember because we put it deep into our long-term memory. Somehow we consider it important enough to remember. The problem is a lot of times we don't take the, what's really important and put it into our long-term memory. We just kind of give it a second glance. You know, don't give it a second glance. We just kind of move on. Then there's also motivated forgetting, where you try to forget. One way through suppression, which you consciously try to forget something or you don't want to remember something. But then there's also repression in which your subconscious won't even allow you to remember something. Now, there's a lot of deep pains that people have in their lives because of those experiences. Some things that maybe they went through that were really tough. 
and they kind of suppress those feelings, they suppress those memories, because they know that they can't go on. But all of us, in some respects, have a problem with forgetting. We tend to forget a lot of really important things in our life. Like I said, simple things. Sometimes it's just names of people. Sometimes it's dates. Sometimes it's places where we're supposed to be. Um, For me, and maybe for you, computer passwords. I've gotten to the point where I've really become unsafe because I pick the one word and I go with it all the time because I've continually been locked out for so many times and you have to go back and reset it. Isn't it interesting how these things were supposed to make our lives so easy? And sometimes you're like, man, the more easy it gets, the more confused and hard it gets. I don't know how I can do it. But what we do is a lot of times in our lives, because we know we have a problem with forgetting, we use things like Post-its. We put things in our calendar because we think that we're going to forget something. Or we set an alert or a reminder on our phone. You know, I, I know I have to fly out on Wednesday, and I'm flying southwest, so I immediately set up alerts on my phone so that I make sure that I check in. Because if I don't, I'm not going to get a good seat. So I'm like making sure. I'm like, I want to make sure I get there. You know, I'm one of those people that like trying to remind my husband, you know, we're leaving tomorrow. You know, I'm leaving. Make sure that you're planning on that. You know, I'm one of those people that tries to remember by telling myself things all the time. We even have a problem with really taking care of ourselves. And I think God knew that we were going to have this problem. So what he did was he set up inside of our own bodies these reminders that kind of go off. You know, the fact that we have a stomach that growls when we're hungry. Our mouth gets dry when we're thirsty. And then we have this experience where we really, you know, experience pain to show the fact that we have something wrong with us. We have illness in our body or something. And that, so we can go see a dentist or a doctor or something to take care of those things. Unfortunately, what happens, though, is we don't have as many subconscious things in our mind to remind us as much as we do our body's internal clock telling us. In our minds, there's less there. It's things that we need to put into place that we need to remind ourselves some things. The problem is a lot of us don't. A lot of us don't really have those things set up in our minds. Our, our, our bodies, really, the way that we have them set up, these ways that God intended, if we didn't have those things, we would probably just keep going on. We'd end up dying of starvation or dehydration or illness or something that would take place. God was really gracious in giving us these little reminders. But it's up to us to remember those spiritual things. And these four scientific reasons are the same reason spiritually a lot of times why we make mistakes in our walk with God. And we really don't live up to the potential that God really had for us and where he would like us to be. A lot of times we just get stuck. We don't remember those good things. We don't remember what God's gotten us through. We don't have those experiences we keep going back to and retrieving them. So we have to set some things up in our minds to do it differently. God knew we were going to be this amazingly forgetful bunch. The disciples knew. Peter knew. Peter actually says in 2 Peter 1, 12 through 13, he says, Therefore, I will always remind you about these things, even though you already know them and are standing firm in the truth you have been taught. And it is only right that I should keep on reminding you as long as I live. Parents, we have that inside of us where we want to keep reminding our kids of things because we know eventually it's going to be what makes them successful the same thing with the disciples and we've got he's like there's some things that you need to be reminded of 
over and over again so that you will make it, that you'll be successful, that you'll become the children of God that you're supposed to be. So because we're forgetful, God actually made a point in the Bible to give us over 230 times he uses the words remember. And we read the Bible again and again. We see these people who sometimes remembered and did great things, and then we see some who just forgot as soon as something happened to them. Over and over again we read these things. It's so important for us to remember these, these experiences that went in the Bible so that we can learn from them. Because you see what happens where God actually, Jesus comes across ten men covered in leprosy. And they all come up to God and God heals them and says, go show yourselves to the priest, show that you're clean. And only one comes back and thanks God. The other nine disappear. They forgot who it was that healed them and they just continued on. The Israelites... For some reason, man, they could never remember God's goodness. It's, it's just bizarre to me because I think, how do you not remember what God brought you from? Here, the Israelites are in bondage or in slavery with Pharaoh, punishing them, making them work so hard and being treated so poorly. They get released from captivity. They're off going to the promised land. And immediately they start thinking about the fact that they don't have meat and they don't have fresh vegetables to eat. And they think of those instead, those things. That's what they concern themselves with. Instead, the fact that God released them from captivity. Sometimes that blows my mind, but I'm thinking, isn't that the same thing we all do? A lot of times what happens is God delivers us in an amazing way. And a lot of times what we do is we keep looking back at our lives and thinking, but we had it so much better then. Isn't that what happened to Lot's wife? Lot's, Lot's wife kept looking back, man. She kept looking back at that old life. And she's seeing this old life, and she kept being wistful about it and thinking, but I had this then. But I had that then. You know, it's said that Lot's wife, she obviously was with Lot, who was a person of faith, believed. she probably seen him praying constantly, but she also was living a good life. She was probably having some sort of, you know, elite status in society. So it was one of those things where she kept looking back over and over again. Then you have people like David and Solomon, who God did these amazing things for them, fought for them, set them up in positions of authority. And because of the new experiences that they started to go through, what they did was they started to allow these great things that happened in the past to start to dim. And then they made bad choices. Yet Judas, who never stored any memories of the goodness of Jesus Christ. He walked alongside him. He saw Christ heal over and over again these people that he would come into contact with, people who were demon-possessed, people who were sick with illness. He saw these things take place, and he never stored them into his mind. He never put them deep down into his heart. Maybe if he did, and if he would have retrieved them over and over again, maybe Judas wouldn't have been the person that Judas became. So how can we stop ourselves from following these people's footsteps? How do we remember all that God has done for each one of us? What can we do to keep reminding ourselves over and over again? Because we can't forget to remember the good things that God does for us. See, it's so easy. For some reason, why is it our bad memories are so easily brought to the surface than our good memories are? It's so easy to remember the hurts and the pain, more so it is than the goodness of God in many respects. For one thing is, you know what we have to do? We have to learn to trust God more than we do our past. 
See, the thing is, if we keep reliving our past over and over again and keep reminding ourselves of more of the hurts instead of the goodness of God, we're going to continue to keep living in that, that pain and that struggle. We're going to have to move through that. When someone's let us down, we're going to have to realize that God promises he will not let us down. See, when you've gone through something where someone's hurt you over and over again, you have a guy that says, but I won't. All my promises are for good. My promises are yes and amen. If you keep following me, you're going to find joy. You're going to find life abundantly. Those are the things that you're going to get if you keep following me. We also need to remember God's truths. This is where you get shiny ball syndrome. You ever hear of that? Where a lot of times what happens with people is it's always the new thing. It's the shiny thing. It's, you know, it's that dog situation where you're talking to them and they're really attentive and all of a sudden there's a squirrel and they're like off looking. See, with us as human beings, what we do is a lot of times we tend to look at the new and the shiny. And a lot of times, truthfully, in our walk with God, it's going to be sometimes just getting through a day to day. The problem is it's... it's it's not always going to be shiny and bright. You're going to have experiences that are shiny and bright. But they're not all going to be like that. There's going to be some days where you're going to get up and you're going to have nothing to hold on to except for a memory. And that's all you're going to have. And you're going to be the person that's going to have to remind yourself to keep going back to that time over and over again of God's goodness. If you don't, you're going to constantly look for the new thing. The new thing coming down the pike. The new belief. This part of a, you know, God, what this God here can promise. If you don't focus in and be laser point focused on what God has for you, you're going to continually flee, flit off different directions. You're never going to make it. Also, we need to hold on to the truths of God's word, even though the world may look like it's a crazy place. The world can tell us it's going to go crazy and out of control. But the thing is, we know if we believe without a doubt, because We've read it, and we believe it. We keep going back to those times over and over again that God's promises are he is going to get us through. The fact that he says he's coming back for us. He's not going to leave us. The world could get crazy, but he says he promises that we won't be left behind, that we're going to get to be continue on and go into the promised land. We need to relive our salvation stories and the stories of God's goodness over and over and over again. There's a saying that actually says that if, by the time that you start getting sick of telling something to someone, it's just about the time where they're actually getting it. Isn't that scary? We get sick of telling people our stories. And people are like, man, I'm just starting to understand what you're telling me here. This is why it's important with vision. If you have vision for what you have for your future, if you have vision for your kid's life, it's important for you to keep repeating it. It don't matter how many times they say, man, you told us this before. It's like I did tell you before, and I'm going to keep telling you because over and over and over again because you need to get it down deep into your spirit so you believe it for yourself. I say that's one thing we did right. If I think back about my kids, I think why I think they still have faith in God and they've never walked away is because we constantly talked about God's goodness. We constantly talk about the things that God got us through. Sometimes they would start talking to the point where they never stopped talking, and I was like, okay, I just want to go to bed, or I just want to watch television now. We've talked about it. But to them, it was important to keep talking about it. I think those times that we talked about it, and we were reliving, and we were retrieving all those messages over and over again, my husband didn't come to Christ for seven years until after I did. I'm not sure he would have 
if we weren't constantly retrieving those memories over and over again. Or coming home and sharing these experiences that we went through at church where God just came through in this amazing way. Things that became real to him that he didn't even understand yet because of the fact that he heard us going through them and reliving them. That's what was important. So you need to talk about your faith. When there's nothing going right in your your life, you need to remind yourself of something when God came through for you. It's like, man, right now, God, right now, I don't have money. I can't make it. But, you know, I know you're going to come through for me because you've done it in the past. You're going to deliver me from this. God, I know I don't feel good today, but I know your word says you promise me that I can be healed in your name. See, it's holding on to those promises. It's having them deep down stored in our memory bank so that we can continually bring them up over and over again, retrieving them, so that we have the strength to go on. There's that saying, so I can face tomorrow. That's what you have to do. We have to talk about it. We also need to set up memorials in our minds of the things that God has gotten us through. Those are those things. Those are those things where God shows us over and over again. These memorials. You yourself know what he's taken you from. What memorial did you set up in your mind for it? There's, there's memorials that I have. One is kind of an interesting thing because I used to constantly build fires and sit outside. It was when we first started the church about five years ago. We thought our life was stressful then. We had no idea. We were living in this completely beautiful world, and now all of us look back, and we thought we were so stressed, and now all of us look back that lived through that time and think, man, that was such a good time of our life, wasn't it? It's like it really was. Because you know what? We walked away from positions, but out of that we had time to just focus in on God. We didn't have the jobs, but what we did was we would just spend time learning about God more and more and more. And there was a time where I sat out. I loved to build a fire and sit outside. My husband jokingly says that's why he had to get a wood splitter and all that because he knows I just keep burning logs left and right. We have a fireplace that usually starts and I don't shut it down at all till like March, April. I love to have a fire. But one time there was an experience where I was sitting there and I was reading the Bible. It's really just sitting there looking at the fire. And I remember God speaking to me the words saying, good doesn't always recognize evil, but evil always recognizes good. And I thought, that's interesting that God spoke that to me. What it really was is just the the idea of saying that a lot of times as, as Christians, we don't understand when evil comes down our path, but you know what? The enemy always knows when good comes, and that's when he tries to destroy it. I look at my fire pit, and you know what? Every time I look up there and I remember, I think of that time. I think of the time where God spoke that to me. I remember that time. And you know what happens? A lot of times when someone tells me something, I can like, yeah, I remember God spoke this to me. It was amazing. But God says we must put those things that he's done for us and put them deep in our hearts, bury them, hold them in our heart, like Mary did, where she said she hid things in her heart so that she could bring them up and she could think upon them later. But we never, ever should forget them. Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9 says, Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road. When you're going to bed and when you're getting up, tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your houses and on your gates. 
this should be kind of convicting to you. How much are you talking about God through the week? Do we just talk about God on Sunday? Or if you attend on Saturday, Saturday? Or do you talk about God throughout your week? Are you remembering every day? Are you getting up and reminding yourself of God's goodness? Were you just kind of out there just trying to make it till the next week? So the thing is, our kids are going to grow up believing in God the more we talk about it. Because you know what? It's something that's real to them. It's not something that we only talk about once a year or once a week. We talk about him all the time. Like he's your best friend. This is what God did for me this week. This is what God did for me then. It's constantly taking people back in your memory over and over again to show them how real God is. God knows us much better than we know ourselves. He's like, man, you need to keep your focus on me because if you don't, what's going to happen is you're going to continually go back in your mind and think it's all about you. It's going to be all about self. And then what you're going to do is you're going to own every failure that you have and you're going to feel very inferior. Or you're going to own every success that was given to you and you're going to think you are just amazing and wonderful. He says, man, it's all about me. It's all about me. That's what it's about. It needs to quit being, the focus needs to quit being on ourselves and more on God. That's what it needs to be. Well, throughout scriptures, we see God trying to remind people of their blessings. Sometimes what he'd do, like I said, he would set up these visible reminders. Same thing happened when the Israelites escaped. What he did was he would have people set up these stone monuments that would be there to remind people. And it was so generations upon generations wouldn't forget him. What would happen is if they quit talking, what there would be, there'd be something there would remind them. So that somebody would ask them, what is this? What is this that's here? What is this? And then they would say, oh, that's when God delivered us from this. That's when God delivered us from that. See, the thing is, we don't set up memorials for ourselves, and this is why we fail. Maybe what we do need to do is set up those things for ourselves. The constantly, where God came through for you, just something that you put somewhere where it's seen every day, where your kid notices, your friends notice, your husband, your wife's notice the things that God's done and come through for you. We need to keep remembering them because if we don't, what happens is, is we forget. And generation upon generation, our heritage, the people that are coming after us, will not remember. I was, I was saying last night that I listened to a message by Andy Stanley who was talking about the fact of the Christians you know, that, that lived through the disciples' times and how amazingly faithful they were. You know, For God to start out and get, talk to 12 people and for this message to still be going 2,000-plus years later, that we're all here still talking about this Christ. How amazing is that? But what will this generation show? What are we talking about? The new movie? What's on shows on television? Christians are no different than what the world's doing. We're not talking about things that are going to make a difference. All these people are going to die. I have this really bizarre thing about myself, and this is just another little window into Deb Graper's soul, which is really scary. But I have this thing where every old movie I watch, if there's a dog, I always say, that dog died. That dog's dead. He's been dead. I don't know what it is about me. I say to my kids, I say, I don't know what that is. I always think about this poor animal. I like, he's dead. It's the weirdest thing in the world. I have no idea where that's from. 
But you know, the thing is, what we need to do is we need to remember over and over again the things that are important. Not the things of who got voted off the island, not who the bachelor picked, but as Christians, what we need to do is we need to talk about how God came through for us. Not just those things that are just really just fluff, that doesn't even distinguish us from the world at all. Christians are called to be light, that we're supposed to talk about things that are great. You know, the thing is, when someone starts talking about bad things and the things, we don't jump right in and say, yeah, let's talk about the bad things. What we do is say, but yeah, but you know what? This might be bad, but what we have is we have a God that's going to deliver us from that. When the world looks crazy and they're saying, look, did you see what's going on in the world? Do you see how crazy it's getting? We can say, yeah, that's why we have to hold on to our God. That's what it's all about. We need to set up those visible reminders to them, and we need to let our mouths be that to them. God has also given us this amazing thing called his word. This is our visible reminder. This is why we tell you all the time to read this. Because this is where you're going to see where other people get tripped up, you can't get tripped up. You're going to see where God showed some amazing opportunity for someone to walk through, and they did. Because it's here. This is our visible reminder. This is something that you visibly should be looking at every day. It's something that's really important for you to do. We read the Bible, man, we're going to see some great followers. Ones that we wouldn't expect ever could possibly do something wrong, and they do. And it's this little window into their souls so we can say, we can't do that. We can't do that. These amazing disciples of God who life was just bleak, and they didn't know how they were going to make it. People that were put in prisons and, and kept there for years and years and years. People who were promised opportunities of, of having children and waited for years and years and years. And we think, okay, if they can wait that long, I can wait that long. That's what it's all about. Psalm 119.105 says, Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. What we need to do is we need to put the Bible into our long-term memory so that we can constantly retrieve it over and over and over again. When those things happen in our lives that are tough, we can go back and remember what God's word had to say about that. To remember also to set up a memorial, we need to come to church. It's important. And it's not just because we get more numbers. That's not what it is. Because in the great scheme of things, that makes no difference. What it does is we come together is we remember together. The word is commemorate. When we commemorate, we remember together God's goodness. So when your faith is flagging, you see somebody else talk about God's goodness and it gives you strength to go on. That's what it's all about. We can get refreshed by listening to someone speak about God. Because we know a lot of times on our own devices, we would not be talking about God. Right now, if I wasn't here, I don't know if I would be talking about God. I might be watching the news. I might be watching a movie. I might be doing something else. See, the thing is, what's important is why it is so important for you to continually come back and come together as a church of believers is because we actually put our minds back on the things that's important. We refresh ourselves by seeing God again in our daily lives. That's what it's about, going back. He's our memorial. We also are going to do something today. We're going to share in communion together. That's so important because what it is, it's a memorial to Christ. It's a memorial of what he did for each one of us. And this communion is interesting because what it is, is communion is a remembrance 
of the Last Supper, which was a remembrance of the Passover. So it's a continual thing down the line where we remember and we remember and we remember. That's what it's all about. And when Christ did this for us, what he did was he reminded us that we're no longer a slave to sin and we're no longer having to suffer death. And then he says, when you come up and do communion, you take communion, what happens is you remember that you also are promised this future, that you're no longer going to be a slave to sin because I'm going to deliver you from that. You're also no longer going to have to suffer eternal death, that you're going to have life with him. So taking communion is this amazing opportunity to come and remember what God's taken you from and where he's taken you to. That's what it's about. Luke 22, 14 through 20, says, When the time came, Jesus and the apostles sat down together at the table. Jesus said, I have been very eager to eat this Passover meal with you before my suffering begins. For I tell you now that I won't eat this meal again until its meaning is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took a cup of wine and he gave thanks to God for it. Then he said, Take this and share it among yourselves, for I will not drink wine again until the kingdom of God has come. He took some bread and gave thanks to God for it, broke it in pieces, and gave it to the disciples, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this to remember me. After supper, he took another cup of wine and said, This cup is a new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood, which is poured out as a sacrifice for you. We need to understand what this experience is. When communion happens, we can't just let it happen. We got to look inside ourselves. We got to look up. We got to look to God, what He's done for us. We got to look back and say, What did you take me from? And then, Where am I going? See, it's this whole thing that takes place when we take communion. Now, hopefully, today, when you take communion, that's what you experience. We're going to give you a moment really to, to focus in, to kind of do those things, to look back, look up, look around, look forward. And give you an opportunity to really think about what God's brought you from and where he's taken you to. When you feel like you're ready, you can come forward and you can take, take communion and then go ahead and take your seats. But what we're asking is that you do is any single person that's here, if you have a trust and a belief in Jesus Christ as your Savior, then we welcome you to come forward. If you don't believe, then don't. And that's fine. That's where you're at today. That's where you're fine. That's where you're at. That's, that's the situation. But if you have a belief and trust in God, come forward and, and really honor God. Honor what he did for you in the past. Come forward, take a piece of bread off of the, the loaf and dip it in the, the glass and really remember. And we come back together, we'll take a moment, we'll worship God together again. And then hopefully this next week you're going to continue to remember God. Okay? So we'll get started.